This is The Guardian. I'm Grace Dent and this is Comfort Eating from The Guardian. A podcast where we pay homage to the lesser celebrated foods in life. Because even as a restaurant critic, I believe the food that matters most is often that snack you cobble together when you're curled up on the sofa. Each week, I ask my guest to lift the lid on what comfort foods have seen them through their lives. Because you can tell a lot about a person from what they eat behind closed doors. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, people. Welcome to another episode of Comfort Eating. How are you doing? Now, I'm a big fan of having breakfast at lunchtime. So I'm prepping for my interview today with some Weetabix slathered with peanut butter and then put into milk so they go lovely and mushy but nutty as well at the same time. Absolutely delicious. I need my energy because today I'm talking to music royalty. Rufus Wainwright is the son of folk legends Loudon Wainwright III and Kate McGarrigal and he's been performing since he was a little boy. His music is hard to define. It's somewhere between baroque, pop and opera and his lyrics are highly personal. He's been praised by legends like David Bowie and Elton John who claimed, I don't think there's a better songwriter on the planet. His path so far includes living in the infamous Chelsea Hotel, a brief stint in rehab and performing the iconic Hallelujah on the Shrek soundtrack. It's certainly a life full of stories and I am delighted to get the chance to explore some of them with him today. We'll be speaking over Zoom as Rufus is in LA where he lives with his husband Jorn and daughter Viva. I should go and check I don't have any embarrassing filters on before he logs on, shouldn't I? Sorry. You'd have to be a fool not to enjoy this. Rufus Wainwright, welcome to Comfort Eating. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. In your song, 
cigarettes and chocolate milk. There's a line. If I should buy jelly beans, have to eat them all in just one sitting. Yes. When is the last time in your memory that you bought a big bag of sweets and ate them uh, all in one sitting on the uh, sofa? Unfortunately, uh, that is... Uh, well, bi-weekly <laughs> occurrence, <laughs> you know, especially when we have, you know, we have, my husband and I, we, we have a, an 11-year-old daughter. Yeah. And so there is, you know, sweets become a sort of, you know, bargaining tool. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that uh, we end up, you know, abusing those privileges. <laughs> the adults <laughs> do. So, uh-huh. uh, so, so, so that is actually something that I haven't been able to, um, you know, control very well over the last... Uh, my entire life yeah no i have a sweet thing for sure are you a chocolate person or a candy person chocolate chocolate candy licorice nougat yeah 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 the only thing i don't the only yeah the only thing i don't like is um kind of orange chocolate you know when they have oranges and chocolate i hate that you don't like a british chocolate orange no i don't like that (sighs) sorry This, that, that's that's a big statement to yeah. hit a British person with. I mean, what do you eat at Christmas? Because that's that is the cornerstone yeah. of the Christian yeah, celebration yeah. Oh, in this country. <laughs> we have a, it costs about eighty nine pence, and yeah, it's yeah. quite cheap chocolate with yeah, really yeah. quite cheap chocolate oil in it. Yeah, 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 no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. no. Well, we grew. You know what? I grew up in Canada, which you know still has remnants of of the empire. Uh, but I was in the French section, uh, you know, Quebec. So they're very, um, they're kind of anti-British, uh, though we were English. So we had to kind of fight that. So, but so we, so we, so we let, we let go of the chocolate oranges as a form of, you know, appeasement to the French Canadians. It's all political. <laughs> I'd never thought of a chocolate orange as being such a political thing. So this is where I find out what my guest likes to eat behind closed doors. Oh boy. What? is Rufus Wainwright, international singer, songwriter, and composer. What is he choosing as his snack? Well, I, um, speaking of England, uh, my, my mother's longtime boyfriend, when we lived in Canada, was English. Yes. Uh, his name, yeah, his, yes. Name is, his name is Pat Donaldson. He yeah. was also her, her bass player. And he would often resurrect, you know, these very English traditions like Marmite and Smarties and, and stuff like that. Delicious. Um, but, 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 but my favorite <laughs> one was having um, blue cheese on a digestible cracker. Oh, oh I've got some right beside. <laughs> oh, Rufus. For, for the British audience, it's a yeah, digestive yeah. biscuit, people. Yes. The, yeah, the, yeah. This is the cornerstone. Of, yes. of British cuisine, yes. and it's 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 a it's a digestive biscuit, and then some very veiny, slightly quite pongy, pungent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, hang yeah. on. Do you mind? Uh, go for it. Go for it. You you fill you I'll fill time, bit. and I'm and yeah. I'm just gonna oh. Mm. Yeah, and there's something about the sweetness of the biscuit with the the pungency of the cheese. It's, yeah. It's stinky. Yeah, yeah. Do they it's, still do that in England? Or is that something that, that you grew up with, maybe, having blue cheese um, on biscuits? or What I will say is digestive biscuits being eaten with cheese, that but very kind of red plasticky cheddar cheese is yeah, something okay. I've done before. Okay. What, what your 
mother's what? boyfriend has done is it he has taken that to a whole new <laughs> level of irresistible and delicious <laughs> this is do you do you ever eat this now you know i i, I haven't and um but i i, I am going to resurrect that uh mm. that that uh, snack because uh i'm actually going to be spending a lot of time in england um uh, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing glastonbury oh. um yeah so so i'll be uh I'll, I'll put it in my little camping you know pack or whatever Rufus McGarrigal Wainwright. Yes. Born in 1973 in New York to folk music legends, Kate McGarrigal and Loudon Wainwright III. A few years later, your parents divorce. You move with your mother and your sister Martha to Montreal. That's your mother's hometown. Yes, yes, yes. Paint me a picture of life <laughs> in Montreal. <laughs> well, you know, it was a really tricky time there because it was smack in the middle of the whole separatist movement, which, though though it still exists today, at that time was very strong. And, uh, and there was a real chance that Quebec was going to leave Canada and start like this French country in, in North America. And, and my mother was half... It was half French Canadian, so we had French relatives and stuff, but we were more on the English side, and we were therefore, you know, on the outskirts of society, which is interesting. And then, but then also we were artists, you know. You know, my mother was a, a great musician, and and so we that kind of put us further away from from the center of the world. And I've realized over the years, though, that I think my mother enjoyed that. Yeah. I think she, yeah, yeah. She, she actually reveled in, the, in in that sense of not being part of of the common, you know, riffraff. And 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 it was and it wasn't like we were snobs or trying to be better than everybody else. We were more like outcasts. <laughs> I suppose you know? as musicians, yeah, it, you 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 will always naturally feel not like other people. Yeah, you know, yeah, was it a yeah, very yeah. musical household? Oh yes, very musical. We had sort of this. You know, at that time, real estate was a lot more affordable everywhere. And so my mother bought this inc- incredibly beautiful Victorian house that was really falling apart and, and needed a lot of work. In fact, when, when she sold it years later, there was an article in the paper that said that the next owners who bought it, they said, oh, it was completely unlivable. <laughs> Did any of it get done? No, 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 not at all. We just <laughs> focused on snacks and <laughs> food was a big part of, of yeah. our of our for us at that point because Pat Donaldson who I mentioned before he was a, an amazing cook and he loved he was a real chef yeah. and so he spent most of his time you know devising meals for the evening at which point you know we would at least three times a week we would eat in the dining room turn the lights real low just have candlelight and and it seemed like we were doing okay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> with the, with yeah. the lighting with, with low lights and candles and stuff and the food was great so but once you kind of looked at Looked in the corner, it was another story. I think that a few randomly yeah. thrown tea lights do go a long yeah, way, yeah, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> what did you eat then? So Pat cooks yeah. these wonderful meals. What do yes. you remember? What was... Uh, you know, things like in the summer, he would make amazing vichyssoise soup and... Uh, uh, and also salad niçoise. I think you know his thing. He, I think he was very much part of that. In fact, he lives now in the south of France. 
it feels like Pat's influence really went a long way with food. Yes, it did. Well, really? because of that, it, yeah. it, it, it went a long way with food because it didn't really go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the set, in the sense that he was, you know, our father was in New York, and I think my mother was always like, "Your dad is is Loudon, and Pat yeah. isn't your father." In fact, I kind of thought he was the butler for a couple of years, <laughs> 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 bringing us little plates of smarties but he didn't want to be he didn't want to be our dad necessarily you know he was he was playing the role a little bit too but he was a wonderful man and he really put it all into the food you know and that's and that stayed with me obviously to this day i think that anybody looking after children feels like the butler to some yeah. extent <laughs> don't they totally <laughs> just but, appearing oh, god. oh my god yeah, yeah yeah no i know no it's true You were sent to Millbrook, a prestigious yes, prep yes, school in yes. Dutchess County, New York. Yeah. This must have been remarkably different from your life in Montreal. What changed? I felt like I had hit the jackpot, you know, like I'd suddenly discovered, you know, Brideshead Revisited or something. Yes. <laughs> and I was, you know, living in the country and there were horses and long walks in the woods and stuff. So I, I really was able to romanticize it. A lot of the other kids who were sort of sent away and, and came from very wealthy families and, and really treated boarding school as a kind of punishment. They, uh, I don't know, they were they were a little more upset about it, but I just thought it was, I was living in a movie. <laughs> it's very rare that you hear a, very, a happy boarding school story. Yeah, yes. The other thing that was interesting is that, you know, my mother was, you know, her last name is McGarrigal, Irish. It wasn't, you know, a big deal or anything being a McGarrigal, I mean, except for the showbiz aspect. But when I got to boarding school, Wainwright was a big deal. <laughs> Wainwright, yeah, Wainwright actually meant something in that world because my father was from a more kind of ritzy, waspy a, a family. And I actually had these kind of distant cousins who had gone to other schools. And suddenly I was like hooked into this, you know, very highfalutin society world because I hadn't grown up in it. And, and I was in this, you know, a way, kind of protected from it in a lot of ways. I could appreciate it for what it was. You know, I could kind of revel in it a bit, but not feel like so oppressed by it. I'm always fascinated by the effect boarding school food has on people yeah. forever oh, God, into yeah. much later life. I, I hang yeah, around with yeah, a lot of people yeah. that went to boarding school and it seems to affect them. Well, it's in awful. It's awful. <laughs> it's terrible. We actually found out at one point in boarding school that, I mean, the food was so bad and that essentially it was the same company that was doing our school that did the, the food for all the state prisons. <laughs> it was uh, basically state prison. I mean, so it was really bad. Was there anything around those years that you enjoyed eating? I mean, it, when, were you trapped yeah, in the yeah, school? They had, could you leave? They had, or? The, what, 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 no, we couldn't really leave that much. But, but what, one place that was decent was... Um, it was called Four Brothers Pizza, and it was that classic American pizza, you know, and it was quite good, actually. So so what would, would happen is that <laughs> the guy from Four Brothers, every evening would come to the boarding school with his car, and he'd have like a dozen pizzas in his trunk. <laughs> And he would sell them at exorbitant prices to these like starving boarding school kids. And uh, we were hooked. 
During your teenage years, dad was living in London. Yes. So yes, you would go and visit him in yes. in the summers. Yeah, no, I would come visit him. And, and I have to say, I mean, he was quite... Now, I wouldn't say liberal, but 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 he was very occupied <laughs> with what he was doing, and um, and he didn't have the chops really to be a parent. So so we would kind of visit, and then we had you know we were kind of on our own. Yeah. Um, and I would you know go around London a lot. And where did you go? You know, well he well he lived in he lived in West Hampstead. I would go to you know the, the parks and stuff. And yeah. And uh, I actually would go to the Heath. I didn't know it was like a big gay cruising joint. <laughs> yeah. At Did that you just point, think there but... was a lot of a lot of men just walking yeah, by yeah, themselves? Yeah. <laughs> just an extraordinary way I to was, get fresh uh, air. Yeah, th- yeah. Thankfully, I didn't put that together at that point. <laughs> but uh, but I did go to. I, I would go to like Regent's Park a lot. Um, I would also I'd hang out in a lot of parks, but but not in a sexual kind of way. That came later. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was sort of, I was like yeah. the lonely little sort of Edwardian <laughs> lost boy, you know, looking for. I love that. The only the only thing at that time in England, the only thing was was Indian food. That was the yeah. only good food. That was it. That there was, was nothing else. That was where the only delicious <laughs> spices yeah. and flavor was. And so yeah, well, the rest of it would be just kind of. Beige again. Yeah, we were quite yeah. into slop in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah, quite yeah, big yeah. on it. So Indian yeah. food. What I mean was, was there a specific place in? Hampstead there was a place. I, I feel like it was in. I think I would go with Joe Boyd actually, and also Christopher Guest, because oh at, at that time, at that time, Jamie Lee Curtis was making um, a fish called Wanda. Yeah, and so and so we were hanging out with them. Because my dad is very good friends with Christopher Guest, and we would go yeah. to the, there was there was a couple of Indian restaurants we went to. That was glamorous. <laughs> I mean, going for going for Indian food with Jamie Lee Curtis yeah, in yeah, the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Around, yeah. I mean, I mean, she's yeah. she's a goddess at any time. But no, I know, Jamie, I know. Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. in the eighties was. I mean, yeah. extraordinary. And I'm still friends with her today. And uh, but but I have she has the um, I wouldn't say dubious, but um, you know, singular uh, prize of having been the first woman and maybe the only woman who, when I <laughs> met her for the first time, I was like, she has amazing tits. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, I mean, I was like, I was like, sh- kind of bulled over oh, by her breasts, which um, I, and I, which, you know. those tits are incredible (laughs) yeah 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 apart from her noticing her beautiful boobs yeah to give it its british word what did you did you have a go-to order when you went for indian food did you have you know when you become like i know what i'm gonna have yeah but i would always have i would always have butter chicken uh, yeah, butter chicken and um, chicken um, tandoori. Those two. So one kind of dry thing, one kind of and lamb and lamb vindaloo. Uh, when I got a little older, amazing. In your early twenties, after a stint on the club circuit of Montreal yes. and a brief. Kind of flirt with New York. I don't think yes, you enjoyed yeah. it very much. Yeah, yeah. You find yourself in Los Angeles. You're working yeah. on a solo album. 
do you take to LA life? Do oh you- yeah, I just ate it up wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> it was the it was the polar opposite of my experience in Manhattan a few years earlier, where I'd kind of arrived. I'd arrived in New York, you know, with a demo and you know wanting to do gigs and hang out, and I just couldn't. I couldn't get arrested. It was just it was nobody was at all interested in what I had to do or say and and many nights I'd end up, you know, kind of drunk alone watching, you know, the world go by and uh it just was very sad but then once LA happened I was at that point I got signed by Dreamworks Records and they kind of flew me first class and I lived yeah. in the Chateau Marmont and oh. everybody because my name was attached to that record label, everybody wanted to take meetings with me and invite me to their their uh, evenings and stuff. So, so it was yes, it was it was I, yes. Thankfully, <laughs> it, uh, it it repaired the damage of New York. <laughs> so you get to LA, you drink in this life. Yes, yes. The food is food very different in yes. LA. Yes, okay, it's- okay. So New York, for instance, like I mean, look, I liked and and it went with my state of mind i mean i ate like pierogies because <laughs> in new york to get really i mean unless you really want like a hot dog or something to get really great food it's very expensive in manhattan yeah. so but in la it was amazing i mean whether it was the mexican food you jumping into that world or the japanese food on the west coast which in general is much higher quality than the health food at that point we were the chateau marmont was next to the source we ever heard of the source? Is the source vegan? Yeah, well, it was this. Re- it's not that. It's not no longer there anymore. But it was a famous health food restaurant that was run by a cult of kind of long-haired hippie sex addicts, and um, <laughs> and uh, the food was great. Anyway, so it was a, it was much better. Your debut album, yeah, Rufus Wainwright, was released yes. in 1998. Yes, you win awards. You're on an advert for Gap. You yes, embark yes. on a world tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you weren't a stranger to the limelight, but yeah. how did you take to fame? Well, thankfully, what happened is that even though, yes, I think critically I was acclaimed and there was a definite kind of um, acceptance of my what who I was and what I was doing by, you know, the glitterati and the intelligentsia i didn't have any hit singles or anything at this point when i look back at it i wasn't burdened by extreme success where you know i so i still had a life i had some anonymity and even though at the time i was incredibly frustrated about that you know i really i was like why don't i have a number one hit and why can't i and i and i would you know drink a lot and do drugs and kind of bemoan my you know lowly status on the charts um even though i had you know michael stipe and randy newman praising my work and in retrospect i was very fortunate because i don't think i would have been able to handle it if it had been the whole you know kitten caboodle i love the um the fact though that i speak to artists who have become they've had their big their big song their big pop song and all they want is what you had. Yeah. That's yeah, all they yeah. want. Yeah, I know. They, I know. Want, it's, it's the they reverse, would kill yeah. for Michael Stipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill. Yeah. <laughs> for, kill for the respect. And, yeah, yeah and, yeah, and, 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 and kind of 
quiet being revered and that yeah, is yeah. what you did achieve no, I, so. know, I know and i was and of course in true human fashion i was you know frustrated and felt like i wasn't getting my you know just desserts shall we say so around this point i mean you've talked in the past about addiction yeah you yeah. were addicted to crystal meth yeah and then yeah. then sh- this happens shortly after you become famous yeah, yeah. you check into rehab in minnesota yeah, yeah. So, there the food was very good. Um, okay, you say the food is good. I'm guessing that you arrive in such a state and they take all the bad things off you, and then yeah. do they let you have the good, naughty, delicious things? Yeah, no, they 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 push that on you. I mean, I think that's actually at least in like traditional rehab philosophy which started at the rehab i was at because it was hazelton which is sort of one of the first ever rehabs in in minnesota but yes one of the big things is to really feed you uh well and and to really put on weight and to you know for food to be um a real detour that you can make (laughs) to not think about other stuff was the kind of seven days or so leading up to the moment that you got there where there must have been a reason you yeah, ended up yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. there. Like, I mean, I know the treats were delicious when you got yeah, in there, yeah, but yeah. What, how, how were the days leading up? Well, I, th- I think for me it was just, it wasn't so much that I, mean, was, uh, that I was addicted to crystal meth in the sense that, I mean, I didn't do it all the time, but I would just go on these real binges, you know, for four days at a time. And it was just the lack of sleep, the lack of food, <laughs> um, the lack of uh, of everything. And then I think at a certain point, I realized that uh, I was, you know, seeking out death, you know, like that is the goal uh, when you're yeah. really caught in that in that whirlwind and so so uh i noticed that and i and 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 my mother actually we talked about this stuff and when she was asked about it actually uh she her whole thing was you know rufus yes he had he has problems and and he you know he has to deal with that but in the end rufus wants to live Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. On your third album, One yes. One, the song yes. Dinner at Eight, yes. it talks about this quite painful story of an argument between you and your dad yeah, over dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What was your relationship like with him at this point? Yeah, no, it wasn't great at that point. I mean, I mean, my my dad and I, uh, we 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 we're, we're doing far better now than we were back then. And there's been other periods that have even been worse. But uh, I think we've come to an understanding now that you know we need each other in in, in each other's lives, and that we have to basically, you know, get what we can and and not seek out what we can't, yes. <laughs> you know? So it's a bit formal with my father, but it actually works well. I don't think we expect too much, um, but, but, but yet get a lot from our, from our encounters. So yeah, lower your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you immortalized that meal forever yeah. Yeah. in song. Yeah. So yeah. I've got to ask, what was on the menu? I'm pretty sure it was fish because we were in uh, Shelter Island, uh, out on Long Island, sort of near the Hamptons. And uh, and my dad actually always had great, he's always had great taste in restaurants and stuff. He would take me to a lot of restaurants uh, when, when I'd visit him. But I'm pretty sure it was fish and, you know, clam chowder and that kind of, you know, Long Island fare, which is actually kind of my favorite in the end of the day, lobster and steamed clams and stuff. That's that's actually right up there. <laughs> it's work that brings you and your husband together. Yes. How quickly do you think that you fall in love? Is it bang <laughs> or is it kind of Well, I didn't, oh. you know, my I, I don't know <laughs> if you've seen him. He's I mean, he's my husband is around 6 5, very handsome, you know, very very kind of classic, dark beauty. Rufus, um, I'm, Rufus, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come clean here. I've seen a photo of him. <laughs> the man is incredible. He is beautiful. Yeah, oh no, my beautiful. gosh! Yeah, I mean, no, really I, 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 I yes. think I'm asking you that question because my answer would have been four and a half minutes before yeah, yeah, you even. But you know, he's 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 beautiful. Yeah, no, was he's it, a very was, beautiful creature and i didn't think that he would like me so i was a little bit more um how can i say it i was i was kind of protecting myself so i didn't kind of fall head over heels right away because i was like how could someone like that like someone like me which is a bit silly because i'm you know i'm no nothing to sneeze at so so uh so but uh but i think it was good because it was we then worked worked and we had somewhere to aim for in the can end can you cook Oh, he's an amazing cook. He's a great cook. He cooks a lot of German food. He cooks a lot of um, Bavarian things and and uh, and so forth. So are these comforting, hearty, oh, yeah. yeah, types of yeah. things? Bone well? marrow dumplings and moral pasta, pasta with morals in it and stuff, stuff like that. Very Absolutely comforting. delicious. So yeah. you, I need to, I need to be on medication though for my cholesterol. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, with that it's, food. these aren't, it's the, you know, it's not a light bite, is it? No, this no, 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 <laughs> um, You've spoken in the past about this incredible bond that, that you had with your, with your mother. Yes. Saying yes. that you, even Jan knew that she came first and he was yes, a very close yeah. second. Such yeah, a beautiful yeah. thing to say, really. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you put into words 
what was so special about you two when you were yeah, together, yeah, you and your yeah, mom. Yeah. Can you? Well, I mean, can you yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, she really was unlike anyone I've ever met before. And, and a lot of people can attest to that themselves concerning her. You know, she she was someone who... She just was totally ruled by music in the sense that whenever we were at home and a guest came over, or even if it was just us, she would always find herself going to the piano and working out a song, and she would make everybody sing. And she, so she was like, or we'd listen to records, like she was just obsessed with music in this, in this really proactive way. Um, she would teach us harmonies. She would always be, you know, interested in the, you know, in, in the, in the lyrics. You know, Martha and I yeah. were writing, you know, she like, and she was genuinely passionate about it. And she was also really, how can I say this? She was a, she was witchy or something. Like there was a, yes. there was a, there was a magical side to her, which could also turn a little sharp <laughs> and scary at times, you know? So yeah. she was like this classic Irish figure, you know, like someone like a mod gone or this, you know, she had this, this sort of sorceress quality to her that was um, that was bewitching, shall we say? Yeah, a unique yeah. energy. Yeah, and, and and something that you know, the world. Even though when she was alive, there were a lot of problems. You know, I mean, she would she drank too much, and she would get pretty angry about certain things. And she was, you know, if she got in a bad mood, it was like the whole world knew about it, and it was tough with her sometimes for for the family but then there were other amazing times but now that she's gone the world is a much duller place you know it's a much duller place because <laughs> she was just full of this fire so so yeah so so yeah your mom passed away in 2010 yes, yes. um are you someone who turns to food in times of sadness does do you eat or I I have such a distinct memory of when she was ill, uh, you know, mm. in her last couple of weeks, and I was in Montreal, and people would bring food, mostly Jewish people, actually. Like yeah. it was, the, we had a lot of Jewish friends, and that, and I guess that in that culture, it's really, you know, major when someone is sick. So they would bring over food, and it was so important. It was because you would forget to eat, and I remember being pretty shocked and and uh and surprised at how how high food was elevated in that process yeah. you know was that so, yeah. soups and soups stews and, and, and and you know dumplings or whatever you know um proper comfort food yeah yeah i would say actually if i yeah for anybody who has a friend who is experiencing, you know, that kind of loss or in the middle of that sort of process, just bringing food is pretty much the best thing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even yeah. need to talk to them that much. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, knock on the door and then just hand something warm yeah. in a pot. Yeah, yeah. that's actually that's actually probably better than, than anything in a lot of ways. In 2011, your daughter, Eva, yes, yes, was born, yes. conceived via sperm donation with your childhood friend, yes. Lorca Cohen, yes. daughter of Leonard Cohen. Yes. Did he give you any advice on fatherhood? He's given me, he gave me a lot of advice on many things. They were never sort of directly about anything particular. I mean, he just was sort of this fountain of 
wisdom. And, uh, you know, when Lorca and I were in the process of experiencing, you know, her pregnancy and, and the birth of Viva, he was very helpful and, and would definitely come in and, you know, hold down the fort for us because it all happened in L.A. around, and he was around. He was, you know, because Lorca lived with him at that time. So, so yeah, he was, he was, he was great. He was really great without being too, you know, pushy or anything, but he was great. You'd always had a strange, like a tricky relationship with your own dad. Yeah. Did becoming a dad, did that change things? Did you see it from a different angle now that you were a dad? Well, I mean, I will say that, look, there's a lot of um, patterns that I never thought I would would repeat and that I have, you know, that I've just, you know, walked straight into. Uh, (laughs) And um, there are definite kind of like similarities between, I do feel like my father and mother sometimes, like they arise up in me. I will say though that, and this is talking about, you know, the 80s, late 70s, 80s kind of world that we came from. There's so many more resources now. There's so much more awareness. It's not as much of a war zone, the family. And uh, at least, I mean, yes, there's there's still issues. And that has its own set of crap. (laughs) You know, it goes a bit overboard in terms of being so so involved in your kid's life now but but with that being <laughs> said i mean I, i've gotten a lot of help <laughs> and yeah. and that's and that's okay you know yeah you yon and viva live between montauk and la what are meal times like when you're all at home uh, yeah oh no we have very we sit down uh, every night for for dinner, we set the table. We some nights when it's special, we'll we'll eat in front of the TV. But that's only you know for uh, special nights. But uh, otherwise, we you know we talk about the day and 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 Viva sets the table and uh, she also clears the table. Um, I do the dishes and Yorn cooks. So so we have a sort of little routine. It feels like you're recreating the nice times from. Oh yeah. When yeah. you were little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, having those dinners when I was a kid with Pat and Kate and Martha were, were um, really fundamental, I think, in my development. Last year, you released your latest album, Unfollow the Rules. Yes. What rule do you think that we should all follow <laughs> less? <laughs> well, you know, I, I made an album once with Mark Ronson called out of the game and and I remember one night we went to uh we went to dinner with with his mom and Dexter Jones who's a a real character a wonderful woman a true you know character and she at one point during the dinner she just said something that that has stuck with me ever since and and it's you know and her thing was don't ever feel bad about anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just yeah. don't feel bad about anything <laughs> you know and i'm sort of like i don't know that, that I've, I've tried yeah. to yeah yeah don't, don't feel bad about anything um it doesn't mean you you can be you can be good and you know you should be kind it doesn't mean you have to be, be mean or, or anything but but don't feel guilty about anything i think it pertained though when she said that it was actually you know not so, quite soon after my mother passed away 
and I think having witnessed that and been and seen and seen my mother die so young, you know, she was only sixty three. Um, at that point, mm-hmm. I did have this sense of like life is so short, you know, to sit around feeling like you've done something terrible or you're or guilty about something. It's just not. Um, yeah, there's not enough time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so so it kind of connected a bit to that uh, to that concept, but doesn't mean you know be mean as as I said, or not to not to have empathy, not to have you know, not to want to make things better, but try to get to the positive feelings fast. (laughs) Rufus Wainwright, thank you for bringing stinky cheese on the biscuits into my life. No problem. Thank you so much for comforting with me. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of Comfort Eating was produced by Jack Claremont. The series producer is Leah Green and the executive producer is Kathy Drysdale. Music and sound design is by Axel Cacoutier and this episode was mixed by Solomon King. If you like comfort eating, please leave us a review. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And use the hashtag ComfortEatingPod to get in touch about the podcast or share your own comfort food. This is The Guardian. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.